to the Fight Shed Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Mr. Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? Well, this is a very special episode we have. Is it? What's what's so special about it? Well, the first, <laughs> the first special is this is our 50th episode. 50 the big 50 that's pretty good pretty good i didn't i didn't know if we were gonna make it past 10 <laughs> right like 50 like a lot i'll be honest with you a lot of people start a podcast they don't even get to 10 i think the there's a um there's a saying in the podcast world that says if you go past 50 then you then that's where you realize that it's a you're being for real like it's almost legit not legit but not legitimizing it yeah but pointing in the right direction and and you're in for the long haul exactly yeah. exactly even though it may not make any money at this point right because well, i think when i last look we're at a dollar 53 <laughs> so for all you uh future wannabe podcasters just understand not everybody gets Joe Rogan money. N- n- not right at right? first, right? But congratulations to us. Yes, congratulations right? to us. To um, you know, it's and it's not it's not anything hard. It's it's fun. I mean, th- there's some hard parts to it. There is, but um, it's it's more uh, fun than anything else. It really is. I mean, I have I've truly enjoyed uh, doing this podcast. Yeah. Well, definitely. we do have another special. And what's that? I heard it's somebody's birthday. It's going to be someone's it's birthday. It's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Is that this week? This week it sure is. I'm uh, dreading it. You're dre- Am I dreading it? I don't think so. I think I'm over it. How do you dread turning 30? I don't understand. All right, exactly. Or well, are you turning 60? I don't know. No. What, what are you turning? I'm uh, almost there. I guess I'm turning 41. 41. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when I hit 40, my body started telling me I was starting to get old. Is your body told you yet? I think so because... um. I try to play. I played some basketball, and then it's just like, man, my, my body's hurting, my knees were hurting. Uh huh. But I just attribute it to uh, a little bit of gaining some weight. Well, but that happens when you get older. That's too, right, right. right? So, that, that's why the yeah. fighters move up in weight, right? Yeah, exactly. Right? So I need to go into light heavyweight. And then I also heard through the grapevine that your wife has a birthday. She just had a birthday. Just yeah, had a yesterday birthday. Yesterday was her birthday, and um, yeah, she. Okay. I don't know. No, she. That's one of those unwritten rules, right? You can't tell no, no. people how. No, she is a young twenty-five. She is a young twenty-five, and mm-hmm. I was so excited for it because that would be my ultimate, where I could have my girlfriend's yeah. birthday, and it's a, and it's on the same day as uh, Valentine's Day mm-hmm. and Christmas, and I can just combine all the presents in yeah. one thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but is. no, can't have that. But we kind of celebrate both both of our birthdays at the same time. Awesome. Like, let's say this weekend, maybe we go out to eat or something. Oh, nice. With my mom, and we, you know, we will just um do that. That's well, a that little bit awesome. easier on the pocketbooks than than going there twice. Absolutely. Out, out to eat, but yeah, definitely. How was your weekend? Weekend was good. Uh, I am uh, just busy working uh, uh, and doing things. I man, a lot of uh, again, a lot of combat sports action. So I enjoyed Saturday immensely, just watching all the fights and everything. Didn't yeah, it, it sure did. Yeah. But let's just jump right into okay. it. Let's go into some boxing. Um, kicking off uh, the boxing segment, we do have a recap of Daniel Dubois versus Trevin Bryan, and I know. Everyone knew that the favorite was the champion, right? Going into this uh, fight. Was the underdog. No, but I'm just saying it's, oh. it was rare that we see oh. the champion coming in as almost the no-name yeah. champion. Trevor Bryan was um, the underdog in this one. 
Yeah, two heavyweights were going to battle with the champ wanting to prove why he deserves to have the title and the challenger wanting to prove that he is one of the best in this division. Uh, did you catch this? This was kind of one of those um, fights that were was kind of off the radar for a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, people. I did catch it because I'm a Daniel Dubas fan. Yeah, definitely. So it was on a DAZN app, wasn't it? Uh, ac- actually, I couldn't find it on the DAZN app. No, see, I thought he was a DAZN fighter. I thought that's, so, too. So um, was it um, Fight TV? Probably Fight TV. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so that's the thing. I think even the fight was in Miami in a small little arena in oh. front of a nobody almost. There wasn't that ever anybody there. For a heavyweight championship belt. That's Isn't crazy. That crazy? It was crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, Daniel Dubois just had to come in and do what he has. He does and you know i saw the the beautiful knockout that he did of trevor bryan to win the um regular heavyweight belt in live in miami this was just a one-sided match i think uh we all knew the power and skill of of daniel dubas uh, and I just didn't think the champ, Brian, was ever really in this fight. He wasn't. He didn't even look like um, he was just ready for the fight. He just just kind of going through the motions. You know, you could tell there's levels to this game. And for one reason or another, Trevor Bryan became, was the title belt held, holder. But uh, Daniel Dubois just comes in and takes care of his business and shows how an elite fighter he is. Exactly. I agree. Daniel Dubois again becomes the WBA regular heavyweight title. What do you think is um next for Daniel Dubois? Well, he's eighteen and one. I I feel like he should be undefeated in my book since he his loss was an injury that stopped the fight against Joe Joyce. I'm really high on him. I want him to to remain active. Um, be, but unfortunately, the other champs are all tied up with upcoming fights and rematches. So I've got a couple names that I think he uh, should stay active with. Uh, what do you think about an Andy Ruiz Jr. or even a Joseph Parker? I like the Ruiz Jr. fight. Um, I just don't think that Ruiz is is. Uh, I think he's tied up right now for another fight I pretty think so soon. Too. Yeah. And rumors may have it that it's against some um, uh, uh, Luis Ortiz later on Ooh. in the year. Um, other than that, I mean, I do also have I have a Frank Sanchez. Frank Sanchez just fought, I think, a few weeks ago. And he's a ranked, I believe, number nine in the world, eight in the world. Just another step for uh, Daniel Dubois to kind of go back up. Or I have a rematch for Joe Joyce, possible. Yeah, and you, you read my notes because that was my other name. Is What about the rematch to avenge that loss? It was kind of shaky. And you're looking at the same thing I'm looking at. He just needs to fight someone in the top ten. So. Yeah. Get someone in the top ten and prove why you deserve to be there. And he's he's ready for it again, right? He's ready for that limelight. He's ready to get it. He's proved himself, I believe. Absolutely. How about for Brian? Well, I got a bunch of just a bunch of question marks for Brian. Yeah, he's twenty two and one, so this was his first defeat. Um, in my opinion, he's not an elite fighter. Um, his resume of fights, in my opinion, were padded with sub subpar fighters and boxing matches. Uh, so he just needs to fight another elite fighter, and let's just make sure he belongs in that status. Yeah, definitely. I just, like I said, I have none but question marks here because, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't expect him to be the champion coming in, um, and I didn't expect him to hold on to that title. And so I just, you know, someone else, you know, just to c- c- keep his career going, maybe not in the elite direction, but just, you know, being a boxer. Absolutely. Next up, we recapped. Jaime Munguia versus Jimmy Kelly. This was live uh, from Anaheim, California in the middleweight division clash. 
The odds for this massive favorite fighter should have been an easy win, but it turned out to be a much tougher affair. It looks like Monguia came out, you know, kind of flat-footed, didn't really get it started at all. You know, first couple of rounds, really kind of finding the distance. Uh, Kelly was just, you know, he's being a veteran self. He has 29 fights coming in. And, um, you know, I just feel like uh, it was a really slow start for Monguia. For me, it looked like Monguia was slow, and he just looked unfocused, where his opponent, Kelly, just looked crisp and sh sharper of the two i think the thing is that I, what i noticed is that um every time mungia tried to land something kelly was really really quick on landing a counter strike yeah. and landing the good the good thing about it in mungia's case kelly didn't have the power to knock him out yeah that's the thing because i saw a couple times where it was it was there was terrible shots it was good shots being placed by kelly but in the end we do have mungia finding his rhythm finally in the fifth round um Putting, putting his power to uh, showcase and uh, knocking him down three times in one round. So, did you feel like at early in that in that match that Kelly was winning on the cards? Because, man, I'll tell you, he looked like he was controlling that fight. I think so, but I don't think they would have given him the card, uh, the given the fight because uh -huh. of Mungia's stat, you know, status and everything. Uh, I'm pretty sure if we look back at the uh, judges' cards, uh, we'd see maybe a robbery if, if it went to the through the to the distance but um but again i mean i think mungia just had to find that rhythm and get get going and become you know the former champion that he was do you think he was looking past his opponent oh i think so i think yeah, that's I what it is all week yeah. long that's what that was the uh, question mark um and we'll get right into that but again mungia does rock kelly three times dropping him three times in the fifth round and finally gets a tko what do you, what do you think is next for mungia and do you think that's what was on his mind throughout this fight well he's 40 and 0 now um for me he didn't look like a future champion but that that's just my opinion mm -hmm. i do think he he does need to get a title fight either at 168 uh or at 160 versus those other champs so 168 at canelo or the other champs like laura triple g andrada jamal charlo um, I ask you, what do you th if he's getting a championship belt uh, title match, what do you think the easiest path is to those belts? Who is easiest of the <clears throat> champions right now? Well, I mean, yeah, there's no such thing as easy, especially in this division, because um, right. you got what a Triple G, uh, a champion, Andrade. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think maybe, maybe if anyone, it's going to be him over Laura. And that's why I have him fighting next, Laura. as far as Laura, Adesanya, uh, okay. Laura. But um, I think I would rather him go against uh, Andrade, and so you know to do that um, because I think um, Demetrius Andrade is is a little bit easier. Okay. And I hate to say it sounding like oh he's easier, but what, you know what I mean. That's relative, the, the competition is a little yeah, bit different. It's, it's relative to that division, right? Mm -hmm. So did you see what Mangia, uh, who he called out though? Oh, I'm sure he called out Jamal Charlo, Charlo, right? He he said to Jamal Charlo, "Grow some balls. Hiding behind Heyman ain't gonna work." Yeah, and that's um that, echoing the sentiments of his promoter, uh, who said the same thing a couple days ago. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya referring to uh, Jamal Charlo and ducking uh, uh, Mungia. Do we believe he's really ducking Mungia? No, I don't think he's. Yeah. But but if you were to put him up right now to fight against each other, who do you, who would you choose? Charlo and six. Charlo and six. Yeah. 
Um, well, based on what I just saw, yeah, definitely, Chamar- definitely, Charlo and Six. Yeah, what do you what do you think? Um, you know what? I think this is one that I would probably pick Mungia if he, because if, if he finally focuses on what's ahead rather than kind of looking over, and I and it's really easy to do. Would you look past a Kelly or would you look past a Charlo? You would. You it's easier to look past a, Char- a you, Kelly, right? You're absolutely right, and and we cannot deny. Mongia's record. I mean, he has experience over Charlo. So if he is a focused, rejuvenated Mongia, I, I, I don't disagree that he could probably could beat Charlo. Yeah, definitely. How about for um, Mr. Uh, the Kelly? Kelly, what was his name? The ki- killer? Or? The, the, the Killian. Killian uh-huh. Kelly. Uh, well, he's 26 and 3. I, I, I think he's a good fighter. Uh, he was in the fight, uh, but I don't know if he's the elite. Um, I think he can be a former opponent against anyone he faces. Um, so w- who I have him uh, next is a Felix Cash at 15-0 and 0, right above him in the WBO standings. Yeah, I have um, Kelly ranked 37th in the pro in the um, uh, according to Box Rec, 37th. Um, uh, but I mean, I just find someone else to fight another person to get, you know, get started. I mean, but when we look at boxing again, as always, he's already got what this is his third or fourth loss. This is his third loss. Third loss. You kind of get lost in the shuffle, you know, after, you know, three losses kind of like, yeah. Oh, well, maybe you're just not that great of a you're, fighter. Right. It's just the weirdest no, thing agree. to say. It's just the agree. worst thing to say, but you know, it's our, the truth. our levels are super elite, elite. And then a fighter, he's clearly a fighter. He's yeah. not an, even an elite. So just find a fight, learn from the experience and, and we'll see where he goes. Now, kind of looking at these rankings, you know, uh, according to Box Rec, um, they have Gennady Golovkin, number one. Number two, Jamal, Jamal Charlo. Uh, Jamal Char- Charlo. Number three, Chris Eubank Jr. Number four, J- Jaime Munguia. And then he goes on to Carlos Adames, Michael Zarafa, Sergey Davichenko, Erdos Landy Las- uh, Lara, and so on. Um, what do you think about that? What do you think about one and two? One and two. I mean, I would love for them to fight. But do you think Triple they G won't. passes prime is ahead of Charlo at this point? Well, I don't know about that. I don't know. That power is going to be there. And I think that power is always there. For it, Triple G? For Triple G. Yeah. And it's going to be on display this September, right? Because they got, he got to fight against Canelo. And we'll see where he is at in that division right there. Well, I'm a Triple G fan. So, I mean, I'm fine with him being number one. But that's interesting. And yeah. like you said, Mogia is number four. So... He, this is another fight where we say, get someone in the top 10. Yeah, get someone in the top 10. Yep. Well, that brings us to this week's boxing match. Um, we only have one big boxing match that's going to be displayed on display June 18th on ESPN Plus. Live from New York City, we have a light heavyweight division um, unification bout. Arthur Betterbe versus Joe Smith Jr. So this is a uh, lightweight, heavyweight division, 175 pounds. Our current champions is Joe Smith Jr., Alter Bedebeev, and Dimitri Bevel. Now, Alter Bedebeev is 37 years old. He's 17-0 with 17 Ks, and he's currently ranked second in the world. His last fight was a KO in the ninth round, December of last year, and he debuted in 2013. Now, Joe Smith Jr. is 32 years old. 28 and 3 with 22 KOs, and he is currently ranked third in this division. His last fight was a win by KO 
in the ninth round, January of this year. And his last loss was in 2019. Now, this is for Better Beef's IBF and WBC titles, and, and it is also for Smith Jr.'s WBO title. Now, Better Beef comes in at a massive favorite at minus 805. And Joe Smith Jr. is a big underdog at a plus 500. Arthur Bedebeev is from Russia, but fighting out of Canada. He stands at 5'11 with a 73-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 100% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Marcus Brown, Adam DNS, and Olesander Gosvodik. He has no losses. Joe Smith Joe Smith Jr. is from Long Island, New York, standing at six foot with a 75-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 78% knockout rate and ranked number three. Notable wins come against Steve Gefford, Jesse Hart, and Bernard Hopkins. Notable losses come against Demetri Bivol and Sullivan Barrera. So we have a undefeated grape Kool-Aid fighter, and oh by the way, he knocks out every opponent and has never gone to decision. Crazy. I, I can't remember another boxer that we've previewed that even has that right. A seventy a hundred percent knockout right. I've never seen an I've seen a ninety ish knockout right. But yeah, hundred percent that's you know, that's uh, impressive. That's like, very impressive, right? <laughs> right. But is it is it impressive enough to get your vote on him for your pick? Yes, it is. Yes it is. Yep. And how do you like your better beef? I'm gonna go with the um you know, I'm tempted to say decision. That's crazy to say. I'm tempted. But I'm going to go ahead and say knockout in the ninth round. Knockout in the ninth. Yep. Well, if it did go decision, we should put some money on it because I guarantee it's going to be some pretty good odds. I'm sure it is. Don't I'm you sure think? It's like, what, two th- plus 2,000 for oh, a decision or something I, like that? I, I bet it is, yeah. Um, it's funny you say that because, I mean, I'd say he really should go to at least one, right? Mm, right. It's got to be. It's going to happen one yeah, day, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think it's going to be in this one, right? I am drinking that grape Kool Aid. I'm going with better beef, but I'm going to say in the six. All right, in the six. I mean, but it's crazy how how big of an underdog um, a champion is this time. Second week in a row, we do have an underdog champion, uh, albeit. The person across the ring from it is also a champion. Yeah, yeah, and and I think uh, the Brian Dubas odds were as separated as this one. Just is. as this one is. Yeah, like, I, I mean, bet. it's just crazy. I mean, that's a lot. But Arthur Bitterbeef is the one of those guys that you know everyone thought that Canelo probably should have fought him, um, but I believe in his last fight he had a terrible cut. I don't know if you remember. I do Bitterbeef remember. Got a terrible cut. And uh, finally, um, but he still managed to get a knockout of Steve Gefford. Um, so I think, um, you know, I don't know. I, I hope this, uh, well, of course, is going to unify the belts and then see what happens. Maybe Beevil's uh, next at four better, better beef. Can't he? Can he be? Because isn't he waiting for Canelo for the rematch in December? How's that going to work? Well, no, that's going to, the, the Canelo rematch won't be until May. Because Why? in September. Triple G is fighting uh, Canelo. Right, and then I thought after that, but he, okay, so Canelo already said his schedule is is in May, and then in, so September, and then next May. Yeah, because uh, t- typically he always fights September and May. That's okay. that's his so, timeline. So then, what you're saying is, mm-hmm. 
when Demi, uh, uh, Beevil fights Canelo, he could he could possibly have all the belts because that fight could happen in December. Yeah, and then in unification, how, how have how would the tides turn? You know what I mean? And doesn't this kind of set up perfect for Canelo? He comes, beats Triple G, gets that. Then then this fight happens. Better be and uh, and Beevil. Beevil gets all the titles. Right. Has four titles. Right. And then they he fights Canelo, okay. and Canelo wins all the titles. Okay. <laughs> a month ago, he lost. You you understand he lost convincingly, and you times? somehow have forgotten that already, and you have him going two and zero. Let's not forget that that rematch is always that tricky one, right? Ugh. That rematch is always the one where people make adjustments uh, and, and tweak things around, and yeah. then say, you know what? And we always get that right, and the rematches doesn't always go the the way of the person that won the first time the only reason we're getting this rematch is mm. because it's canelo anybody else would not get yeah. this rematch because canelo got beaten soundly he yeah, did yeah. honestly right yeah. but yet he's canelo and he gets a rematch and we we are already thinking he's gonna beat can him it's imagine, gonna change can you imagine how many people would buy the pay-per-view if it was for for an undisputed championship he's going for all the belts not just one belt and he would have eight and then he would have eight belts. Or, or does he have a five already? I don't know. I know he's, he's unified already. Yeah, yeah, I think five or maybe more. Of yeah. course, in his in his career, can you imagine? Uh, I think this was this is. So you think all of a sudden he's going to be aligning? Yeah. He would already be motivated. This is highly motivated. Yeah, now. I, I believe okay. so. All right. uh, we just need to you know better breathe to win or Joe Smith. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah, it doesn't Somebody, matter. And then Beevil fight the winner. And then set that big mega Man. fight in May. That would be a mega stars fight, will right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, we're hoping for the stars of alignment for Canelo. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up this week's boxing, um, you know, previews uh, because there's only one big match on the That's right. on on for this weekend. Um, that brings us to our boxing news. Do you have any boxing news? I do. So Mayweather is going to have another exhibition match under Risen in Japan. And will announce his opponent on Monday. My question to you is, what do you think about Mayweather doing exhibition matches? I can't. We can't hate on him, man. Right? He's making millions and millions of dollars, and you know that he's just doing what we're paying for it. We want it as a as a as a population, I guess. Uh, we want that. So, I, is it interesting anymore, though, for you? You know, it just depends what this uh what this uh what the rules are going to be that's going to be interesting yeah you know if it's a rising rules then um yeah they one one round is mma another round is boxing and that's what i think demetrius johnson did once he fought someone like that right and one round was you know kickboxing and the other round was mma or something like that so maybe that's how it's going to set up here here's my thing is I feel like this is like farewell tours for older bands, you know. Uh, they may not sound the same back in the day, but you're kind of okay with just seeing them again one more time. Kind of like, you know, Kiss or Rolling Stones. I actually saw Twisted Sister, and I'm going to tell you, they sounded they sounded fine. But, <laughs> you know, he was he honestly went to the back after every song and was sucking on an air tank because uh, he just is older. Yeah. So I guess we're... I guess we're still okay with him just keep doing this farewell tour. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. we are. I mean, and congratulations to him. He Absolutely. Just, he just made the uh, Boxing Hall of Fame along with uh, several other superstars. Mm -hmm. uh, Deon, I think it's, uh, Andre Ward was part of that uh, 
nominating class. I think yeah. Bernard Hopkins, if I'm not mistaken, there was just a who's who of boxing that was there to watch him being enshrined um, in boxing uh, royalty, I guess, right? Yeah, congratulations to them. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I don't know if you're shocked or not, but um, Tyson Fury makes some kind of drastic U-turn uh, over retirement and reveals that he's 100% going to fight again, but just this time for the right price. Are you uh, surprised that he's coming out of retirement? Not surprised. Money talks, right? Mm-hmm. And... What, what, have they indicated who he's going to fight, where he's going to fight? No. Um, he could fight, of course, the winner of Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk. I think that's a no-brainer right there. Right? It is. If whoever wins and gets those two belts, um, why not try to unify with uh, Tyson Fury? And why not? He he solidify even more his, his legacy. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because I also have that in my news, and he keeps denying talks that he has with Saudi Arabia to have that fight there. Mm, yeah, see, so, you know, and it, it always comes out in, in, in uh, eventually, right? And it's interesting about Saudi Arabia because I don't know if you know, have you seen what's been going on with the golf world? Oh yeah, the is it the is it pronounced live or L I V? L I V live, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of ruffling a lot of feathers in the PGA. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it, you're seeing more combat sports event there. Um, WWE wrestling, they actually signed a five year commitment to have two big pay per view, massive pay per views per year. Um, you're just seeing them stepping up the plate and offering more money, and I just think. You know, we see in the PGA players defecting to this new league because there is more money. And it doesn't surprise me that we could see that Tyson Fury fight yeah, coming up. No, definitely. Especially, I mean, there's they have so much money. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, have you ever seen those um, some TV shows about how much, what they buy and what they spend? I think there's ATM uh, gold bar dispensers, yeah. you know, there. And it's just the craziest thing. I, You know, I just... And, and and people don't realize when they come out with the top 100 uh, wealthiest people in the world, Saudi them. Arabia, some of those uh, sheiks over there, they don't even make the list because they don't even, they're private. And they have way more money than Elon Musk and, and oh, Jeff man. Bezos and stuff like that. Yeah, so. and the royalty, some of yeah. them, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of Anthony Joshua and Yusik, Anthony Joshua signed a new deal with The Zone. It's a yeah. multi-year, two fights per year. He's expected to announce this new multi-fight deal with DAZN this week, and he will be leaving Sky Sports in favor of the streaming giant. The new deal for the struggling 32-year-old former unified champion is believed to be for hundreds of millions of dollars, and DAZN has covered their bases. They have an escape clause in the contract to allow them to escape the deal after a year if Joshua continues to lose. Wow. What do you think about all that? It shows uh, how much faith they have in Anthony Joshua, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I think that is very, very interesting. Um, number one, that they had the money to sign him. Number two, that Joshua left his, his current deal. Yeah. And number three, hey, by the way, I don't know if I believe in you. I'm going to go have an escape clause. Yeah, I know. We just we're gonna put that just in case. Um, it looks like uh, you know, Jamel Charlo can't stay out of the news. Um, he's calling out different people left and right, and people are, of course calling him out. But he, like I said, he called out Terrence Crawford to fight maybe at one fifty four. Hmm. 
That's not Chamal Charlo. That's Chamel Charlo, right? Jamal Charlo. Jamal Charlo. Jamal Charlo. Who's at 160. So he'd go down in weight. He would have to go down six pounds. You know what the problem with that is? Terrence Crawford already has a dance date. Yeah. I think but I, I think if he wins this this date, yes. uh, is it, it's not really official, official, right? But if he wins that one, then I think they'll put more fuel on this saga because uh, that they're, you know, Terrence Crawford or Jamal Charlo and um, Earl Spence Jr. are kind of best buds. Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. And, you know, Crawford's reportedly been thinking about moving up anyway. Yeah. Uh, I think he does have unfinished business in the division, and they said the deal was reportedly close for the undisputed welterweight championship. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait till that gets officially signed um, probably sometime in the fall, I'm pretty sure, hopefully, because, I mean, we're getting close to the midsummer. And you know maybe a camping uh, a camp is like yeah. about six weeks I think right yeah get a good good six weeks for a boxing camp so if anything maybe late August, August I want to see a Crawford versus uh, your Jamal Charlo mm-hmm. but I need to get this business finished with yeah. Spencer Crawford yeah. it's Have just got to be done Have to yeah yeah well that's interesting yeah Do you have any other boxing news I do not. All right. Well, that wraps up our boxing segment for this week. Now on to the MMA UFC segment. Um, This week we are recapping UFC 275 live from Singapore. Um, Kicking off the show for the UFC was a nice uh, little match between Jack Della Magdalena versus Ramzan Imiev. Yeah. So the opening of this pay-per-view card... We saw one fighter looking to get back in the win column while the other trying to get 12 wins in a row. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was such a great fight. I, I You know, I really liked um, how Della, Della Magdalena or, yeah, Della Magdalena just came in and kind of took took over in the first round. And I'm getting that nice and TKO knockout. Well, he did, but before that, he mm-hmm. was in trouble because MV got him into a anaconda choke almost right and i thought it was over man <laughs> i love that anaconda choke that's like one of my favorite submissions. mine holds. too yeah fun they got back up onto their feet yeah. jack jack magdalena uh did does get the win by knockout with two minutes and 32 seconds in the first round what was was that those body punches when he got back up devastating i oh, mean yeah. it hurt emily emma v yeah no, sure, definitely man. definitely what do you think is next for now, ranked 29th, uh, Jack Madalena? Well, he's 12-2. and two. He's now 2-0 and oh in the UFC. I think this is a guy to watch in this division, but I don't want to push him hard because this is his only second fight in the UFC. And also, he's 34 years old, and time is not on his side. Uh, so give me a Nico Price at 25th, who is 16-5 and 8-5. and, eight and five. I have, um, who's ranked 27th. Randy Brown. I saw him too, and I'm yeah. perfectly fine for that. Um, or, and we'll get into this name here pretty set, pretty, pretty soon. Um, Jake Matthews. I'm in for Jake Great Matthews. Yeah, absolutely. Now we bring up Jake Matthews' name because he was actually the replacement for Manuel Cop and um, and Rogerio Bontarine. Bontarine was actually hospitalized, hospitalized um, for you know weight cutting issues, I and mean, he goes that's that. It's always a subject, right? A touchy subject about weight cutting and trying yes. to make weight. 
um, but hopefully Bontarine makes a f full recovery. But in the meantime, we do have Jake Matthews fighting Andre Fialo um, as a replacement. Fialo coming in uh, off a two-fight winning streak and um, has already fought. This is his third fight this year. And he's coming off of, uh, uh, I, oh no, this is his fourth fight this year. He's uh, coming off of one loss and two wins. I was so surprised, number one, that the fight we previewed was no longer happening. Right, of course. And then when they replaced it with Fialo, I'm like, wait, didn't I just see this guy exactly. three other times this year? Like, what yeah. is going on? I think he's fought at least once in the last three months. That for is sure. crazy. And so, well, I mean, uh, Jake Matthews comes in and he does the deed and gets it over with in a knockout in the second round. Um, it was a back-and-forth fight, you know, one punched landing for another um back and forth uh but in the end jack jake matthews just just lands that perfect shot yeah he did and fialo didn't look like fialo that i've seen yeah. this year um i again everybody knows i love active fighters i think he's too active at that this that was too active right that just pushing yeah. the limits right there yeah I think so. um so we do have uh jake matthews winning the fight and again like i said maybe a fight with uh, against uh, Jack Magdalena is the next step for him. I think that makes an obvious choice, and obviously for Fialo, he just needs to take some time off. Next up on the card, we have um, a three-round fight. Zhang Wei Li versus Joanna Mjeshik for the women's strawweight division. In the women's strawweight division, it's uh, part two of a one of the best fights in uh, UFC history it's for sure fight of the year last uh, in 2020 we were all hoping for another slobber knocker fight and boy did we get it and did we get that first round was back and forth again again both were trading big shots and again I think right at the end of the first round jo Joanna Jim Jacek's looked kind of swollen from her head I, f I felt like she was kind of getting uh getting that uh that scar tissue kind of built up again yeah for sure you know joanna's leg kicks were really yes. brutal in yes. the first round but then way lee gets jonah gets joanna on the ground against the fence against and, the and then it's grounded and pounding her way man zhang way lee look so strong she did didn't she, she looked amazingly strong a lot stronger than joanna did yeah um in the second round starts off pretty good um, for both of them, but you know, in the end, we do have a spinning back fist out of nowhere for Zhang Wei Li, just knocking out, um, not cold, but you know, halfway cold and halfway not cold. Joanna uh, uh, Dimjacek. It was a walk off KO. It was, it was, you know, because I think she was lunging for yeah. a swing. Yeah. Um, while she was on her way down. But <laughs> but but again, Joanna was utilizing those leg kicks. I mean, knocking Wei Li off her feet. Oh, yeah. That's how brutal those were. She, you know, you could tell that she was using her experience as a champion. And you know, sometimes in fighting, you get caught. She got caught. Yeah, she sure did. So, uh, you know, Zhang Wei Li with that vicious knockout, um, reminiscent of um, which uh, maybe reminiscent a little bit of the the uh, Yuri Parheshka versus um versus dominic reyes dominic reyes or um even one you know the, as far as that face plant reminiscent of uh, tony ferguson versus plant. michael chandler michael chandler yeah, yeah i definitely. agree i agree with you yeah um but in the end like i said we do have a winner zhang Weili winning and um what do you think's next for zhang Weili? well she made no bones about it in her post uh interview uh with daniel cormier uh she has called out the champ carlos sparza and which she should have done, and she is willing to fight her on a neutral site somewhere like the Middle East, she said. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I have one word of advice 
for uh, Miss Carla Sparza. Run. You think run? Yeah, run, yes. So you, early on, who do you got? I, I like Zhang Wei Li. Can you? Yeah. I I just I don't see Carlos Barza matching the same strength and energy as Zhang Wei Li does. And oh, by the way, Wei Li somehow has learned wrestling skills because she used yeah. to not have it. And now she has some wrestling ability. Uh, she's just a beast. I mean, for the lack of words, she's a beast in all, in all facets. Do you know who's training her? With her wrestling ability? No, I don't. Oh, then I think I think I heard, but I forgot. Henry Cejudo. Oh, yes, he was. I remember that now. And yeah. boy, it looks like it, man. I mean, she she's adding it already to her elite fighting skills. She is a scary, scary opponent now. And we all know what's next for Joanna Mjeshek. Um, she did announce her retirement at the end of the fight. Um, congratulations to Joanna. Uh, just a great career. Uh, thank you for all the exciting moments that she's given us in this in this division. Yeah, she ended up 16 and five. She did lay her gloves in the ring and will ride off into the sunset as one of the greatest strawweight fighters in the world. I just say thank you for all the great memories and for you, and you will be missed. Yeah, definitely. No, uh, we always look forward to her fights. Um, even though we this was probably our first fight. Co- covering her in our podcast yeah. but um man there, every time Joanna was on the card it was a, always a spectacle and she always gave 100 percent. you always knew that um her 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 skills would shine everything come out and even pre-fight yeah. the the uh the intimidation that she would give to other fighters and um just her the the, the way she carried herself was just amazing she'll always be one of my favorite champions in that division for sure Next up, we have the co-main event, Valentina Shevchenko versus Talia Santos in a women's flyweight division championship clash. What seemed on paper to be a mismatch, as it seems to be in every fight for Valentina, turned out to be a razor-thin victory for one of these fighters. Yeah, definitely. And I forgot the, the Pick'em participants also weigh in. Yes. And for this match, we had 100% pick Valentina Shevchenko. And we almost had 100% almost wrong. We did. <laughs> I know. It was such a close fight. Um, it was a close Santoni, fight. Uh, you know, Santos looked like a champ, you know. Yeah, she did look. She came out with that championship mentality, came out knowing that, hey, if I come in thinking that she's going to already beat me, then, then why, why be here at all? She came in with that championship mentality. She came in and attacked. Right? Yeah. She, she, she didn't wait for um, uh, Shevchenko to set something up big, you know, because she has some beautiful combinations. Shevchenko is just got that nice spinning kick, um, spinning back kick, uh, great combinations. But Talia Santos just used her strength. What did you think that the champ was almost done for in that first round with that body triangle? Uh, I mean, Several rounds ugh. ended that way, didn't, oh didn't they? Gosh. That she body triangle, almost a headlock, almost a real na- rear naked choke on several occasions. Um, there were so many opportunities for Talia Santos to um, get this win. It was a great game plan by San- San- uh, Santos. You know, she worked her grappling skills. It was really smart. She slowed down the champ. I think the champ wasn't ready for all that. Yeah. It was crazy. Was it reminiscent of us Canelo Alvarez fighting Bevel? Like, do you feel like, oh, wait, maybe Shevchenko is not untouchable, right? Maybe she is. She does have some flaws in her. Yeah, look, she is a dominant champion. She is. Okay, we've never seen her in this never. situation, right? And we, you have to know that the odds are pretty good. She is going to go against somebody that's going to be, you know, almost her equal. Mm. And, and the important thing is what do we see 
out of the champion, do they persevere and, and, and take that victory even though it's hard hard fought? So who's this a bigger win for? Is it a win for Valentina Shishenko, who, of course, in the end does get that decision win by split decision, so she ain't even almost lost. Um, split, decision, split decision, 48, 47, 47, 48, and 49, 46. So we have one judge putting it winning all rounds right yeah or several or getting at least a, a 10 a round and how did how did you score what rounds did, did you ha- write down some notes on that um i didn't but i kind of in my head i had it going two two into the last round okay so i had the challenger one in first round and third round and then i had the champ the, the second round fourth round and fifth round yeah so the, the, we had it almost the same yeah well i believe uh Shoshenko did win the last round ultimately winning the match but it was really close. I mean, I think that it was first very round, close. Yeah, the first or second round, those were close rounds too. I mean, even though we get knockdowns or takedowns by Talia Santos, um, Shevchenko just didn't sit there. She fought her too. She fought trying to get out, kind of landing some good punches on the ground from her back. Like, I was sitting there and waiting, waiting for the announcement, and it, it wasn't going to surprise me at all. I wasn't going to go, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And yeah. when I heard the split decisions, yeah. um, I get it. But, you know, for me – you know, I just think you need to beat the champ convincingly to get a decision, yeah. and I just didn't see that from Santos to secure a victory for me. Well, that brings me back to my question: um, Who's a big? Who's this? Who is this a bigger win for, Santos or Shevchenko? I think Santos is a bigger win only because so uh, everybody had written her off. Yeah. The odds makers written her off. Uh, the only people that didn't was her trainers and her. Yeah. Um, I, I think though that Shevchenko has learned that yeah. she needs to get back in there and, and you know, kind of shore up maybe some weaknesses she has. Yeah. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I could see a rematch. And that's easily. what I have here. You know, why, why not a, a rematch? And if not a rematch, why not just move up then? Because who's there? Who else is there? I mean, I guess another name I had is the winner of Ferro and Shashenko. Right. Or, or uh, Shokagan. But – we already seen her fight Shukagan, right? We haven't seen her fight for Rod, but I don't know if I'm, re- I don't know if there's anybody that's gonna stack up to um, Shevchenko just yet. So, did you hear that Shevchenko came in injured? I heard that she didn't do her dance because of her foot injury. She had a foot injury. Yeah. You know, this is, th- this is was not a celebratory dance for her this time. Mm-hmm. You know that, f- you know that that's foot injury she may have. Um, you know. I think she should have a third and final time of moving up to the bantamweight and fight the winner of Pena and Nunez just one more time. I would like to see that fight, and I'm only I, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with that too. Yeah. Um, how about for Santos? I mean, of course, we both agree maybe a, the rematch should be next. I know she's re- going to recover from a broken orbital orbital bone, so that's going to take some time for her. Yeah. I, as much as I just said that she did not do enough to win by decision, in my opinion. She was still amazing and took an unbeatable champ to the distance and gave a run for her money. I think she's worthy of that rematch, but it will only be after her, after she heals or has surgery for that yeah, broken orbit audible yeah, that definitely. she has now. Definitely. Well, that brings us to the main event of the evening: uh, Glover Teixeira, the champion, versus Yuri Porcheska in a light heavyweight division clash. If we thought this card could possibly get any better for the evening, boy, this fight was crazy awesome, dude. Yeah, definitely. We do have the champion, Grover Teixeira, coming in. Um, but we had the fans voting him. 38% voted for him to win and 
for Yuri Prochaska to win. So it was already coming in. Uh, yeah. The champion was already looking um, like it was just going to be a runaway show for the and challenger. And he was the underdog in yeah, this fight as well you know um you could tell that Texera had more experience um he was patient he was standing toe-to-toe uh with Purkaja. um but i don't think that was the best idea and so i think he used a straight strength of grappling to get him on the ground and just kind of stop that momentum that his challenger was having um probably one of the greatest fights i've ever seen um especially for sure in the light heavyweight division yeah um it was back and forth. There were so many opportunities for both of these fighters. They both got opportunities. Yeah, I'm, I mean, both of them were on the ground. Both mm-hmm. of them have skills on the ground. Uh, both of them were in full mounts. Yeah. Both ground and pounding each other. Right. And, you know, it was interesting, though, that it just seemed like every round, Tuxera just was doing enough to secure rounds. To secure and it, like, ending the round on top. Yeah. Yeah, right? Like, uh, or there's opportunities for him to choke him out. Um, it looked like there were several opportunities or several instances that uh, Praheshka was um, in the middle of a choke. Um, and I think the ref even asked, okay, are you okay? Yeah. And he give the thumbs up sign say, hey, I'm good. And Don't I'm, worry about it. I'm going to tell you, I think this was the first opponent that uh, Prakasha kept uh, hitting his opponent and mm-hmm. he and didn't realize how good a chin he had. Yeah, exactly. And he ran out of gas after the first and second round. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. he's never gone that distance. No, that was the first time he ever went fourth round. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but in the end, in this great, amazing fight for the light heavyweight division championship, we, we, we go um, – well, it goes all the way to almost 30 seconds left in the fight. Ugh. And um, you know what? So close. It's so close. You know, Teixeira had him buzz days. And what does he do wrong? Let's which, talk which, about that. Which technically shouldn't be wrong for Teixeira, a, a, a jiu-jitsu master, right? He did it. Here's the thing. He he knocked him what days yeah. like he should have jumped on him and kept hitting him and instead he goes to the ground and oh by the way he did this twice like he had him buzz twice in that yeah. round yeah and he goes in for the last ultimately he goes yeah. in for a guillotine choke right and it was a mistake and that was the mistake the br- it's hard to say that yeah. the guillotine choke for a brazilian jiu-jitsu I, master was was a mistake but he rolled one too many times sure and perkaja got his back got him got him back and then he out of all the ways to win the match Prohashka does get a submission win by against a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu master, and I and Teixeira was just tired. I mean, he was I just think tired. It was. It was. It was more of it because I didn't see him. Because first of all, I thought it was a weird stoppage because I didn't really see a tap. I didn't see it either. And even on replay, it doesn't even look like a tap. It looks more of a close hand tapping. You yeah. know. Technically, when you see a tap, it's your hand, your palms hitting the yeah. the ground, right? But um, yeah, it was just tired, and to sh- to Sheridan pop up protesting or no. anything like that, so he knew he knew what he was doing. Yeah, well, the champ de- definitely left it in in the in the octagon. The forty two year old champ. Now, now that comes. Now that brings us to you know what's next for Prohishka. Well, he's twenty nine and three, and he's the new champ. Uh, I think we all know who should fight him next. It's. Uh, Glover Teixeira. No. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I think they should do a rematch. Glover uh, Teixeira is not getting any younger. He's not getting any younger. Get this Get this on the route. Um, Bohovic can wait. He can wait. Bohovic didn't have a convincing win against Rockick. Remember, Rockick hurt his knee. He hurt his knee, and then that's where he, he got a TKO. And that's why he's in this position as a number one contender. But is he really the number one contender? I think... Glover Teixeira is a number one okay. contender. Okay, here's why I don't 
like I don't oppose it. Yeah, yeah. But here's why I don't like it. Okay. What we saw Saturday night, the 42-year-old is not going to get any better. He is what he is. But but the new champ, he's going to learn from it and be even better. And I I think the second one's going to he'll get the cardio that he needs, right? He's going to he's going to find the defense on the ground, which clearly he has that. Yeah. And he's going to get stronger. I just think you're going to see a better Prokaja. You're going to see a worse Teixeira. Well, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. I just, I just want that rematch as soon as possible, um, so that Teixeira can go ahead and go off in the sunset and uh, retire. Because if we wait for a rematch, we'll probably wait another year or two. Yeah, or a year and a half. Probably going to wait a year because you know, in my in my path for the new champ, he's going to fight uh, Bohovic, which means that would could possibly be in November, and then he'd have to turn around and fight Teixeira next spring. And like you said. Teixeira's not getting younger. Yeah, but, well, okay, you say he's going to have to turn around and fight Teixeira. Well, what about the winner of Smith and, Ro- and Ankeli? Well, that's who I have for Teixeira next. Yeah? I well, do. I mean, I mean, that's who I have also for Teixeira. Yeah. But if that rematch doesn't get – if if the UFC wants to uh, shun Teixeira and let him go off in the sunset against some younger guys. Uh, so – that's the predicament because we do have mm-hmm. Jan sitting there, and and he is the logical choice. But there is an argument to be said yeah. that after that fight, the Smith and Kaliev winner yeah. should be fighting next too. Yeah. So it it kind of goes back to the heavyweight with Stipe, where all of a sudden he's just out in the cold for like yeah, years exactly. because because everybody's now in line and he's getting to the back of the line. Do we do we have to put Teixeira to the back of the line just because? But the thing is, we know what Stevie can bring. We know, right? We know that he's always he's been a champion. But the thing is, Bohovic didn't have a convincing win his last fight, and the reason why he's number one contender is because his last fight ended in a TKO where the opponent hurt his knee. Yes, and and kind of t- technically tapped out. Okay, so. Your rationale or what you're saying is you believe it should be Teixeira first, second would be the winner of Smith and Kaliev, and then Bohovic gets something. Is that is that your next? I think the three winner the, Bohovic gets the winner of uh, Smith and Ankaliev at for a number one contender. What about Bohovic versus Teixeira? The winner of that fights the. Well, it's just, I, we already seen no. that one, right? I, mean, I know we, we did. And we have. But Teixeira do we really winning. believe that Teixeira really truly won that, or he just caught Bohovic? I really think he just caught Bohovic. I do too. I really think you know, yeah. It, it's just it's a tough one, right? It's a tough. This one is to this at. is an interesting and fun crowded division right now. So I'm I'm excited to see what what the uh, UFC uh, management comes up with. Where did you rank this? Where's oh, your bar? Oh, man, man. This, is, this has got to be a like a nine. A, a ten, nine? Ten is perfect, right? Perfect. Nine, uh, because this is one of the great one of the greatest fights ever, right? Light heavyweight. I won't be surprised. Five years from now, ten years from now, this goes into the Hall of Fame as one of the fights uh, ever, best fights ever, uh, as far as Yuri Prohezhka versus Teixeira. Valentina Shevchenko getting tested by Talia Santos that everyone knew that Shashenko was just going to run her over. We have Ioana rematching uh, Zhang Wei Li. Zhang Wei Li getting an amazing knockout, re- ultimately retiring MJ Shik. And then we have a Jake Matthews KO and a Jack Della Magdalena KO. So yeah, that's that, your recipe. Yeah, you're 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 exactly right. That's exactly what I was going to highlight is yeah. we had every 
main main event card fight, you know, end with a stoppage, except for the one, and it happened to be the champ that we thought was definitely not going to be that, yeah. and got tested. So I'm giving it a solid nine too. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's going to be hard to live up to it, which um, we do have a couple of fights coming up. But um, who do you think was the fight of the night? The fighter or fight? Fight of the night. The fight of the night. It's got to be Texera and Prakash. It's got to be right. Right. Fight of the night. Um, how about performance of the night? We have four performances of the night. On the main card? Um, we have three on the main card and two on the uh, other cards, preliminary and early preliminary. On the early preliminary, we have uh, Sylvia Gomez Juarez uh, getting a performance of the night and Heister Mahasat. Um, also getting performance of the night. So there's three, and so, okay. so there's five performances of the night. I, yeah, that that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it is a lot. Um, I I, I would gotta say, what about um, Whaley? Of course, Prokaja. Nope. That was that was pretty close, though, right? Yeah, that was close. Uh, what about Jake Matthews? Of course, yeah. I'd kind of like to give it to Santos, even though she didn't win. I know, right? right? That would have been She deserved great. it, right? It deserved it. And then the first fight, Mondelian? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. So, so yeah. um, technically, everyone except for the uh, – every match except for the Valentina Shashenko match got some kind of bonus. That's well, crazy. Well, yeah, they deserved it. It was yeah. a great, great pay-per-view. Thus, that's what makes a nine a solid nine as far as in the rating. In the fight shed rating system. <laughs> well, this uh, UFC train keeps on rolling, keeps on rolling. This time, right right on our doorstep for this next week. It is. Is it a road trip? Uh, no, I don't think so. No? <laughs> it's hot in Austin. It is Austin, hot. Texas yeah. is one of the most humid places yeah. I've ever been. Yeah. And, well... I've never been to Houston in summer, dead summer. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good either. But I'm just saying that I've ever been is Austin, and Dallas is not that great either. Dallas is terrible right now. Yeah. No. It it is awful. Yeah, but Austin is what? Austin. So we have a a fight in our our home state. Oh, yeah, definitely. Live from the Moody Center. It's a brand new uh, arena on the campus of the University of Texas. Um, This Saturday, June 18th, we do have USC Fight Night. UFC, ESPN 37, uh, Cater versus Emmett. And uh, kicking off the show, we do have a middleweight division clash, Julian Marquez versus Gregory Rodriguez. So this is at 185 pounds. Israel Adesanya is the current champion. Now, Julian, the Cuban Missile Crisis Marquise. Is 32 years old, 9-2 with 6 KOs, 3 submissions, and 0 decisions. He is currently ranked 40th in this division. His last fight was a win by submission in the second round, April of 2021. And he is on a 2-fight win streak. Now, Gregory Robocop Rodriguez is 30 years old, 11-4 with 5 KOs, 4 submissions, and 2 decisions. He is currently ranked 30 first in this division his last fight was a loss by decision february of this year and he is four in one in his last five fights now rodriguez is a minus 195 and marquise is a plus 165 julian marquez is from kansas city missouri standing at 6'2 with a 72 inch reach fighting out of the glory mma fight team he made his ufc debut back in december 2017 and now has three performance awards notable wins come against sam alvey Maki Patolo, 
and Darren Stewart. Notable losses come against Alessio Di Chirico. Gregory Rodriguez is from Brazil standing at 6'3 with a 75 inch reach representing Black House MMA. He made his UFC debut back on June of 2021. He now has one performance award. Notable wins come against John Young Park and Dusko Todorovic. Notable losses come against Armin Petrosian. Who do you have in this um, middleweight division clash? Well, uh, I do like active fighters. Uh, Gregory is, you know, fought this year. He's four and one in his last five fights. And if I'm picking like some people pick, I feel like a Robocop can shoot down a Cuban missile, right? <laughs> that's a cool name. And that's one of those names that you forget sometimes. You know, Robocop was a superstar back in the 80s, he was, early right? 90s, right? Right. And I'm Everyone, an, I wanted to be Robocop. At yeah, one I'm time. an 80s, 80s dude. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but I, I would not recommend picking that style, to be honest with you. Uh, I am going to go, though, with uh, Robocop Rodriguez. I think he's going to win by decision. Well, definitely. I also, I like Julian Marquez um, by decision win. Why do you like him? You know, I like his, his nickname, too, uh, Cuban Missiles Crisis. That's just one of those crazy... Yeah, pull it out of the sky, kind of. But I've seen him fight before, so I think uh, yeah, I, I like the way he fights. All right. Next up on the card, we have a lightweight division clash: Damir Ismagulov versus uh, Garman Kuteladze. So this is at 155 pounds, and the title is currently vacated. Now, Damir Ismagulov is 31 years old, 23 and one with 12 KOs. One submission and ten decisions. He is currently ranked 16th in this division. His last fight was a win by decision, May of last year, and his last loss was in 2015. Now, Gurum, Georgian Viking Kuteladze, is 30 years old. He is 12 and two with seven KOs, one submission, and four decisions. He is currently unranked. His last fight was a win by decision, October of 2020, and his last loss was also in 2015. Now, Demir is a favorite at minus 170, and Kudilazi is a plus 145. Demir Ismagulov is from Kazakhstan, standing at 5'10", with a 70-inch reach. He represents Fighter Jim MMA. He made his UFC back in December 2018, and his notable wins include Rafael Alves, Thiago Moises, and Joel Alvarez. Garman Kutelazzi is from Georgia, standing at 5'11", with a 72-inch reach. He made his UFC debut back in October of 2020, and his notable win comes against Matus Gamrod. Uh, man, this is uh, one of those uh, kind of pick em. For me, it is. It is a pick em because... They haven't lost in a while. They both have, you know, some solid KO power. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like Kutilazi, uh, the underdog, is going to pull this one out. Uh, he, uh, I'm going to take him by decision. Well, it looks like it's um, two in a row that we're going to have a discrepancy. Okay. I do have Ismagulov by decision. All right. Next up on the card, we have a middleweight division clash, Joaquin Buckley versus Albert Durayev. So this is at 185 pounds. Israel Adesanya is our current champion. Now, Joaquin Numanza Buckley is 28 years old. He is 14 and 4 
and is currently ranked 33rd in this division. His last fight was a win by decision February this year, and he is on a two-fight win streak. Now, Albert Machete Duraviv is 33 years old, 15-3 and three with three KOs, nine submissions, and three decisions. He is currently ranked 28th in this division. His last fight was a win by decision October of last year, and he is on a 10-fight win streak. Now, Duraviv is a minus 200 and Buckley is a plus 170. Joaquin Buckley is from St. Louis, Missouri, standing at 5'8", with a 76-inch reach, representing Finney's MMA. He made his UFC debut back in August of 2020 and now has three performance awards. Notable wins come against Antonio Arroyo, Jordan Wright, and Impa Casangana. Notable losses come against Alessio Di Chirico and Kevin Holland. Albert Duraev is from Russia, standing at 5'11", with a 75-inch reach. He represents Burkhut FC. He made his UC debut back in October of 2021. Notable wins come against Roman Kopilov, and he has no notable losses in the UFC. Does that change? Well, we have uh, two fighters on win streaks. It just one happens to be on a 10-fight win streak. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, that, that speaks volumes to me, so I am definitely going to go with Derive by KO in the third round. Well, this makes it three for this What? Week. Yeah. You I'm are not reading my notes, are you? Not today. All right. Uh, I got Joaquin Buckley with the knockout in the first round. I'm a Buckley fan, so uh, too, it so. would not surprise me if, if that really does come to fruition. Next up on the card, we have a welterweight division clash, Kevin Holland versus Tim Means. So this is at 170 pounds. Kamara Usman is the current champion. Now, Tim, the Dirty Bird, Means, is 38 years old, 32 and 12, with 19 KOs, 8 submissions, and 2 decisions. He is currently ranked 25th in this division. His last fight was a win by decision June of last year, and he is on a three-fight win streak now kevin trailblazer holland is 29 years old 22 and 7 with 13 ko's five submissions and four decisions he is currently ranked 18th in this division his last fight was a win by a tko in the second round march of this year and he is one two and one in his last four fights now holland is a favorite of minus 220 and means is the underdog at a plus 180 Kevin Holland is from Fort Worth, Texas, standing at 6'3", with an 81-inch reach, representing Travis Luter BJJ. He he made his UC debut back in August of 2018 and now has four performance awards. Notable wins come against Alex Oliveira, Ronaldo Suosa, and Joaquin Buckley. Notable losses come against Marvin Vittori, Derek Brunson, and Brandon Allen. Tim Means is from Albuquerque, New Mexico, standing at 6'2", with a 75-inch reach, representing Power MMA. He made his UFC back in debut back made his UFC debut back in February of 2012, and has now has two performance awards. Notable wins come against Nicholas Dalby, Mike Perry, and Loreno Strapoli. Notable losses come against Daniel Rodriguez, Nico Price, and Sergio Morais. These guys have been around for a while. Both of them. Right? Yeah. And Hollins even has a win over a former champ in Oliveira, right? Uh, no, this is Cowboy Oliveira. Oh, oh, Cowboy Oliveira. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, 
This is a tough one to pick. I mean, I'm a Holland fan, but he has been up and down the last few fights, you know? He has. But I think, is he on a two-fight winning streak? He he is on, no, well, he's, no, he's not, because he's won two and one those last four oh, fights. Oh, okay, yeah. But he did, he moved up in weight, right? I believe he did for yeah. a fight or two. Yeah, a fight or two, right? Yeah. So who do you have winning this uh, middleweight division clash? I'd like to pick after the fight, sir. Can I do that? <laughs> yeah. No? No? And actually, you're right. He's returning to welterweight. Um, yeah. When, this last time he fought was a return to welterweight. I think we're going to go different one more time. I, I, I'm going to take the underdog means by decision. Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. We are going to go different way, right? Well, different ways. <laughs> um, well, I do have Kevin Holland by its knockout. Knockout. Okay. This is going to be a good fight. It is. Going I'm, to be I'm excited fight. for this fight. Are you excited for the next fight? Donald Cerrone versus Joe Luzon in a lightweight division clash. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, it was anticipated a couple uh, fights ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Pay per view cards or whatever. Yeah, we didn't yeah. get it. Um, yeah. So uh, this one is a co-main event. 155 pounds is the division, and the title is currently vacated. Now Donald Cowboy Cerrone is 39 years old, 36 and 16, with 10 KOs, 17 submissions, and 9 decisions. He is currently unranked. His last fight was a loss by TKO in the first round, May of last year. And he is 0-5-1 in his last 6 fights. Now, Joe Jalua Luazon is 38 years old, 28 and 15, with 9 KOs, 17 submissions, and 2 decisions. He is also currently unranked. His last fight was a win by TKO in the first round, October of 2019. And he is 1-3 in his last four fights. Now, Cerrone is a favorite at a minus 170, and Luizon is a plus 145 underdog. Donald Cerrone is fighting out of Denver, Colorado. He stands at six foot with a 73-inch reach, representing BMF Ranch. He made his UFC debut back in February of 2011 and now has 18 performance awards. Notable wins come against Al Ali Quinta, Alexander Hernandez, and Mike Perry. Notable losses come against Alex Morano, Connor, Connor McGregor, and Justin Gaethje. Joe Lozon is from Massachusetts standing at 5'10 with a 71 and a half inch reach representing Luzon MMA. He made his UFC debut back in June of 2007. Before, he now has 14 performance awards. Notable wins come against Jonathan, Jonathan Pierce, Marcin Hild, and Diego Sanchez. Notable losses come against Clay Guida, Jim Miller, and Anthony Pettis. These are, uh, I had to recheck that uh, <laughs> that when he made his UFC debut back in 2007. I know. These That's guys crazy. have been around for a while, and I have truly enjoyed watching their careers. Mm-hmm. They are clearly past their prime. You think so? And this is a this is a fight for the fans only because we, because UFC is never going to put an 0 and 5 against a 1 and 3 on a main card unless they're fan favorites. Yeah, they definitely. know they bring it, you or, or know. A co-main event. Co-main and a co-main event. event at that, right? Yeah. So, uh, and Cowboy Cerrone, when they were supposed to fight and they had to pull out, he told his opponent, Joe, hey, 
we're getting performance of the night. You better bring it. So yeah. <laughs> I fully expect a very entertaining fight. Me too. You know? Um, but I can't ignore the 0-5. And, 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 and I know I'm going against an inactive fighter of 2019 right, too. It right. gets everything I think of. But I'm going to take Joe uh, by decision uh, for this fight. Well, I am also going to go against you again. Are you kidding me? I'm going to go with Donald Cerrone with a decision win. Wow. I don't know if we've ever had this many so difference. So. I don't think so. This is going to be a, tal- a, uh, a turning point in the season, week two. Yeah. some One of us yeah. is going to have a big hill to climb. Yeah, one of us. <laughs> and normally <laughs> it's me because it's the beginning <laughs> of the Pick'em League. That's right. Next up on the card, we have the main event of the evening, Calvin Cater versus Josh Emmett in a featherweight division clash. So this is at 145 pounds. Alex Volganowski is the current champion. Now, Calvin, the Boston finisher, Cater, is 34 years old, 23-5 and five with 11 KOs, 2 submissions, and 10 decisions. He is currently ranked 5th in this division. His last fight was a win by decision, January of this year, and he is three and one in his last four fights. Now, Josh Emmett is 37 years old, 17 and two, with six KOs, two submissions, and nine decisions, and he is currently ranked ninth in this division. His last fight was a win by decision, December of last year, and he is on a four-fight winning streak. Now, Cater is a favorite at minus 230, and Emmett is an underdog at. Plus 190. Calvin Cater is from Massachusetts. He rep- he stands at 5'11 with a 72-inch reach, representing New England Cartel. He made his UC debut back in July of 2017. He now has four performance awards. Notable wins come against Giga Chikadze, Dan Ige, and Jeremy Stevens. Notable losses come against Max Holloway, Zabit Magomed Shapirov, and Renato Makano. Josh Emmett is from Sacramento, California, standing at 5'6", with a 70-inch reach. He represents Team Alpha Male. He made his UC debut back in, uh, back in May of 2016 and now has three performance awards. Notable wins come against Danny Gay, Shane Burgos, and Missard Betik. Notable losses come against Jeremy Stevens and Desmond Green. How about this match? I feel like this whole card is a pretty close match because, I mean, clearly uh, our picks are, are, are saying that, right? Yeah, definitely. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think I, I don't think that trend's gonna gonna change. I, I think we're gonna be opposite on this. Um, they both, I mean, one is four fight winning streak, and the other one is three and one in four fights. I mean, yeah. technically on the same path, they're 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 both older, thirty four and thirty seven. Um, I'm going to tell you, I think Emmett's going to have an upset. I'm going to take him by decision. You're taking Emmett by decision? That's crazy. Why is it crazy, sir? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just didn't expect that from you. Um, I have Calvin, Calvin Cater by knockout. Okay. Well, we are six for six. Man, that's going to be it's going to be interesting this next week. So where is our pre-bar set on this one? Um, Pre-bar, uh, you know... It's got really good matchups. I'm going to go ahead and put it as because of everything that we're expecting from Donald Cerrone. Calvin Cater, he had a war against Max Holloway yep. and, and against Edie. And, yeah, and uh, against Ige and then Buckley yep. also being a uh, 
world-class fighter too kevin holland is there yeah i, I think i'm gonna go with a nice eight right now Ooh. real solid um match our bar's got to be reset because it's never going to live up to that pay-per-view we just never, saw last I week mean, right yeah. so we got to reset it yeah man i don't know if it's that high i'm i'm gonna go a seven and a half but right. i i will be excited if it's an eight you know be sure to catch that again on espn plus this saturday night june 18th live from the moody center in austin texas now that brings us to our news yeah so Kamara Usman versus Leon Edwards is announced for a 278 main event pay-per-view. Usman, who has recovered from hand surgery, puts his 170-belt crown on the line against the number-ranked two Leon Edwards. The Nigerian Nightmare is currently undefeated in the UFC, and he will be making his sixth defense of his title. As champion, Usman has defeated the likes of Kobe Covington, Jorge Mazadal twice, as well as Gilbert Burns, and now he'll rematch the man he beat as a contender back in 2005. Are you excited for this? I'm totally excited. It's about time that Leon Edwards, and uh, I'm sure in your eyes, because you've always said Leon Edwards has has gotten the the muddy side of the stick, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, somewhere in those first 50 episodes, I guarantee you, I've, I've said a few things about Edwards needs a title shot. He deserves it. He's had uh, been uh, had some bad luck. So yeah. yeah, I'm I'm truly excited. I want to end that debate of can Edwards beat Usman? Oh yeah, definitely. And speaking of um, matchups that we're uh, that are have been set up in the future, um, looks like August 13th we have Marlon Vera. F- fighting or matched up against Dominic Cruz. It's still unofficial, but uh, rumors have it that that's going to be the next fight for Cheeto Vera against the legendary Dominic Cruz. That's going to be a great fight because they both bring it. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait to, to see that fight. That's yeah. going to be, that's really a great stepping stone for Cheeto Vera. And I think after this, I think may propel him to a championship uh, clash with um, whoever's the champion at the time. It's a great name on his resume. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So Robert Whitaker has come out and has said, I am the best middleweight in the world. Whitaker versus Vittori matchup is coming up, and he had to say this about the fight. Me and him were, on, were in the same boat because we both only lost to the same character. I have respect for him. In saying that, I can honestly say I do believe I'm the best middleweight in the world, and I can trump Vittori in every field he wants. Since moving up from the Walter rate in 2014, Whitaker has beaten every opponent he's faced aside from Adesanya. The Reaper isn't looking past Vittori, but he's eager to take what he's learned from the first two meetings with Adesanya in a potential third fight. What do you think about what he had to say? Um, a potential third fight. Are you interested? Against Robert Robert Whitaker, right? Adesanya yeah, Whitaker. Adesanya Whitaker. Did, well, let's start with this. Do you think Adesanya convincingly beat him twice? I think for sure one time because he knocked him out. Yeah. And I think twice. Yeah, I think so. The twice. I th- believe he knocked him out twice. Um, is am I wrong? I thought the second one. I don't know. I th- I think the second one was decision. I don't remember. Okay, but yeah. but anyways, um. I think Adesanya is just a little bit above Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker is, I think he's even almost a little bit past his prime as far as age-wise. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. Adesanya is still young, he's still he's yeah. still growing, and still getting that uh, experience, and um, you know, just an elite fighter. So you you 
you do not think the Eliminator match is Whitaker versus Victoria winner fights a champ? No, because then we uh, then if the winner fights, winner wins, they're both. It's going to be either the second time or for or it third is. time for each. Yeah, it'd be the third time for yeah. each. It's crazy. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think there's other people that should get their uh, name called for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it looks like Dana White um, says that Amanda Nunez is a multi-millionaire and no longer hungry and savage for that, for the title. That's not nothing new, and I've said that several yeah. times as well. Yeah, is she again? I don't think she looked hungry in Fight in Pena. I didn't think so either. I think you know she just she thought she was just going to run him over because do do the deed. And then um, leave with more money in the bank. But I do think she now is motivated because she doesn't have the belt. And I think we're going to see the old Nunez in this rematch fight. What do you think? Um, I hope so. You hope uh, so? I hope so. Because, you know, Mena Nunez can't leave her legacy. I think there's one thing to have money. There's another thing to have a legacy. That's right. You don't want to be the woman that, the, the fighter that, just gave it up for money you know what i mean yeah i think that's that's one of those things that that's a faux pas like you, you can't be that fight you can make all the money you want just don't sell out that's right, right? so yeah well ufc welterweight contender neil magny has called for an interim title to be introduced at 170 pounds in the absence of champion kamara usman one of the top 10 welterweights who has joined him is the likes of Bali Muhammad in calling for the creation of the interim gold. It's a problem in the division right now. It's just so stagnant. Just just keep it m- moving, Neil Magny said. It's unfortunate he got a broken hand, but Usman, you're the pound-for-pound pound champ, and you're the champ of that division. No one has taken that away from you, but for the sake of keeping things moving for the rest of the division, I think doing an interim fight is the right thing to do. Do you agree with him on that? Uh, we go back into those waters of uh, Brandon Moreno and uh, Figueredo, right? Whereas, like, because UFC already has already made a decision, right? Where Figueredo has lost, I guess, his title, or he keeps his title, but there's an interim title belt for Moreno and Cara France. Do we want to see the same thing done with the welterweight division? I mean, I don't know if that sets precedence, precedence for everything else, right? I mean, then if you get hurt one time or if you get injured and you're out for just a month, there's an interim title belt. He he hasn't been out long enough to even even right? ask for that. That is for me, it's so really ridiculous. Like I think so too. I like he is a fighting champion. He's mm-hmm. undefeated in this division. And 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 he gets an injury. Obviously he's not trying to get an injury. Right. And you're already throwing him aside and saying we should have an interim title. That is that is ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah. It's all kind of disrespectful to probably one of the faces of your your company, right? And they he already has has a fight in place in August. It's not like he's I know. Right? <laughs> right. Um but let's play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Let's say they did an interim. Neil Magny is not in that interim title fight. So what right. two fighters would you pick from this division to fight interim title? Why not Kobe Covington? Kobe Covington's okay. name should be in there, right? Okay, so I'm gonna hey. I'm gonna give you some and okay. you just you just kinda think about them, all right? So we've got uh a Sean Bradley at 10, a Steven Thompson, Corey Masvidal. We've got a Luke, Leon Edwards, Belly Muhammad. At number four is Gilbert Burns. We got Shamayev at three and Kobe Covington. Who is your interim Shemayev title? Shamayev and Covington. I agree with you, man. 
but but what Bilal Muhammad and uh, Neil Magny are saying is that they should have a new new weight division, right? No, no, they want they are saying that they uh, need to introduce an interim belt to the one seventy. No, no, I don't. And, that, that's that's crazy. And let's look. I, I got an argument for Bilal Muhammad because mm-hmm. he's at fifth. Yeah, but. Magni? Magni's at 12th. Yeah. Dude, you're going to have to beat some of these people ahead of you yeah, to even sure think about that, sure you know? Does. But very interesting, very interesting. Well, we know, we all know that uh, Mike Perry, remember Mike Perry from uh, UFC back in the day? He yeah. now is a bare-knuckle fighter. Oh. Um, champion, right? Or not yeah. champion, but um, he's fought in the bare-knuckle. Uh, divi- was it company or what's it called? It's bare-knuckle fighting championship or championship something, Championship right? or something like that. Yeah. But, um... Well, he has his next opponent now for August 20th, and it's a, get this, it's a Bellator fighter. It's a Bellator fighter. Well, it can't be Jake Paul because he's not yeah. fighting MMA yet, right? right. <laughs> Bellator fighter? Yeah. Um, uh, not a former, like, he's still in Bellator and they're allowing he's him to fight? He's still in Bellator. Isn't that, that's crazy. And he's a big name. I don't know if you, he's I'm pretty sure you've heard his name. Okay, tell Michael me. Michael Venom Page. MVP? Yes, Wow, that's like, crazy! Like right? wow, but yeah. I, I, you've seen MVP. Oh, I've seen MVP. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I, what is Michael Perry thinking? What is Mike Perry? He's well, going to get it's, it's crushed. A, it's bare knuckle fight, right? So there's no kicking. There's no. It's not. It's not wrestling or anything no, like that. No, but it's still boxing. MVP has a stand up game. He does. He does. He's got knockout power. Well, that is fascinating, yes. and 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 I'm gonna tell you, even though Mike Mike Perry is is probably signed with Bare Knuckle or whatever, the A side of this fight is yeah, MVP, definitely. And the, the crazy thing is that Bellator has allowed their fighter to do this outside of the Bellator name. I love the cross promotion. I think I there should too. be more of it. So, yeah. uh, thank you, Scott Coker, for allowing that. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any news? I do any not. More news? I do not. All right, well, that wraps up this week's MMA news. And now on to our um, Pick'em League. Yeah, so week two. it is week one. Week one. It yeah, is I'm, week one. Week You're one, get, yeah. getting your head, yeah, yourself, getting ahead of myself. But it is season four. Season four. Okay. So if we hear about our totals, okay, you went 4-0 and in MMA and 2-0 and in boxing. You went undefeated this week. All right. But Allen also did yes, at four did. and zero yeah, and two chug, and zero. We, we uh, did the opposite this week. Yes, so we were both six and zero, mm-hmm. which clearly is not going to happen next <laughs> clearly. week. Clearly, <laughs> all right. Uh, our players are back in action. Uh, here are the totals. Uh, Brian and Lynn actually did not do any this week. I was surprised. So oh, hopefully man. they'll get back in. Omar had two. Dom had three. Shane had five, and Dan had five. All right. Me and you both had six. And our current defending back-to-back champ, Shannon, also went undefeated with six. All right. So it's close. It right is out the gate. Right so out of the gate. Yep. Yeah. So thank you for uh, all you guys that are that are always participating in our fight picks. Yeah, definitely. Keep on lookout on that um, on the email list. If you're already on the email list, you'll be getting the new Pick'em League for this week. Um, uh, probably maybe wednesday or wednesday-ish thursday for sure um and if you have not already joined it's never too late it's always fun just get your name in um look out for the link on our social media pages such as facebook or instagram or even on twitter and sign up we we appreciate um, the participation absolutely and always be checking out our facebook and instagram for latest and greatest news uh from uh combat sports world 
That's right. Well, that wraps up this week. Thank you to everyone that continues to listening to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions. Be sure to again to follow us on all of our social media platforms. My name is Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone. And keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you next week. Peace.